Hello, and welcome to this month's episode of the Kinky Boys podcast. This month, we're interviewing the guys from Fetish Daddy Gear to talk about how they got started in the fetish wear industry and how they evolved their business. Uh, It's a really great interview. I had a lot of fun with these guys. Um, But before we do, I would just like to thank our Patreons. So Stuart Timmins, Nick Bain, Adam Ferris, Connor Bone, Deco Very, Brian C, Harry Hypnotist and Matthew O'Mara. You are Daddy's Favourites. If you'd like to join the Daddy's Favourites tier, uh, you can sign up on our Patreon, uh, where you'll get our monthly newsletter, early access, and thanked by me on the Patreon live. Uh, anyway, I hope you enjoy, and happy listening. Hello, and welcome once again to the Kinky Boys podcast. I'm Craig, and today we are interviewing Ollie. And he runs uh, Fetish Daddy. You probably remember we talked about this previously on the show. They are a very body positive fetish gear company. So I thought it'd just be good to have him on to talk about how he got into this line of work, the process and other things. So, Ollie, hello. Hi, how are you? Good, thanks. So, So, yeah, why don't we start with, in your own words, just telling the listeners who you are? and sure so i'm ollie i have been around on the fetish scene on and off for i don't know probably coming up to a decade generally started off quite low level in the background just going to the occasional event mostly kind of getting into things as my relationship progressed with my husband had a few few sort of dabbles into Mm -hmm. leather and rubber before i met him but then uh, when i met him we kind of both explored together and, and that's where yes. it kind of flourished and we started going to events and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I started Fetish Daddy Gear uh, a couple of years ago. Oh, great. So, yeah, what what made you get into that line of work? So I was an architect for 14, 15 years, something like that, and did a bit of property developing on the side. One of my clients had poached me mm-hmm. to go from the architecture world to go and be part of a corporate property developer. I know. And I worked there for a couple of years. And while I was there, I had a pretty nasty motorbike accident. And when I came off, they sort of said, oh, well, we don't really want to pay you sick pay. So we can give you statutory sick pay of £90 a week. Ouch. Or we can pay you off to go quietly and solve our problem and just hire someone who can replace you kind of thing. And I thought, well, look, I've only got one option, which is to, to go quietly. And while... I was at home recovering, pondering what to do with my life. A friend of mine came over who was actually best man at my wedding mm-hmm. and said he'd found this amazing little leather shop over in East London. And they sold all sorts of little offcuts and you could buy a single buckle if you wanted to, or you could buy a whole cowhide. And he thought, I'd find it really interesting and I should go over there and, and take a look. So with my broken leg in a boot, I hobbled over there for a day trip and got really excited by this shop that just goes on for for rooms and rooms and rooms, some of the most random stuff, and it just smells incredible. One of my biggest things and turn-ons is, is smells. So mm-hmm. man smells, musky yeah. armpits, that kind of thing. Second you add yeah. the smell of leather into that, mm-hmm. it's just major turn-on. So this shop was kind of already ticking all the boxes for me. Bought a couple of offscuts and taught myself how to work with sort of thick vegetable tan leather hide, which is... Mm-hmm the kind of thick stuff that you make belts from and we make all of yep. our strap weight harnesses from and made our two little dogs some dog harnesses 
Um, so the first one took me eight hours to make. And the second one, which was an exact copy, then only took me an hour. Okay, this is, this is positive. Obviously, the design time had taken quite a big chunk. And people saw them in the park and were like, these harnesses are amazing. Where did you get them from? And I ended up sending, selling dog harnesses to middle-class women in Kennington who all thought it was uh, very cute and loved that there was a bit of a bondage look to it. Rapidly, the gays turned around and said, well, hang on, if you can make one for a dog, you can make one for me. And so that's when I started Fetch It, which was supposed to be this lovely word play on playing fetch with your dog, but also mm-hmm. sounded a bit like fetish with your false teeth. Yeah. Which was great, apart from the fact that Google thought we were a spelling mistake. And if you were in a loud nightclub, nobody could work out what you were saying. So, <laughs> <laughs> so quite rapidly, we, we swapped it out to fetish daddy. And that was kind of how it all began. And then we have, we've grown from my husband and I went a latex making course out in Berlin one year for our wedding anniversary. Oh, cool. We had, we'd always, uh, we'd set this tradition that every year we would mm-hmm. go and learn something new together as, an, as a wedding anniversary thing. So for our wedding presents, we got gifts of courses. So bricklaying, uh, glass blowing, neon sign making, a butchery course, oh, all sorts of different cool. things that we could go and experience things together and just learn new stuff. We live in a small two bedroom flat in the middle of London. So we haven't got space for more yeah. stuff, traditional wedding presents. So that was quite a nice way around it. And one year we went and learned how to do latex clothes making and absolutely loved it and Liam's I'm not particularly one for social media I have to be for work now but Liam Liam sort of runs a an Instagram account which is the Spragglies so everyone thinks it's both of us but it, it is just him mm-hmm. and he he was posting lots of the latex we were making people were getting really excited by it so we then added latex stuff into into what we were making and selling and one of the first things when I managed to find a studio space so I was no longer making this stuff at my kitchen table one of the first things that I bought when we had space for it was a laser cutter and was able to put all of my knowledge that I'd learned from making architectural models over the years into how can I make super intricate super fine latex things that are just a bit different and a bit more interesting. I mean, they are very impressive. So I've been to your workshop before and I've seen what the laser cutter can do. Like, yeah. you, like you showed me like they were designed for women, but like intricate lingerie, but made out of latex. Yeah, so it's like so very I, um, intricate patterning. So I had for that one, it was one that we did for the Cop Destroyers. And we... Mm-hmm. I just we another person called Folly who works for me. We like to keep it simple there with keeping, you know, just a few <laughs> few names in the company. And uh, Folly has done some beautiful sketches of sort of based on William Morris designs, mm-hmm. but replacing lots of the floral elements for penises and vaginas. And I then put that onto the computer and worked out how this could work as a laser cut and cut all of this out and then we had to go through a whole design process as to how to stick this stuff down without it just sticking to itself. And we were able to then make what is basically a lace panty or mm-hmm. we did um, a French maid's outfit for, for Rebecca Moore. And there was this lace print all the way around the edge of the skirt, around the edge of the apron, all sorts of things like that. So we've, we've come up with this, this, this system of how we, can, how we can laser cut latex, but then also every single laser cut edge gets this really sticky, this sort of melted rubber coating mm-hmm. to it. And it's working out how to clean that off each edge kind of thing very carefully so it doesn't then stain the rest of the rubber. And we've, we've 
slowly worked through over months and months and months of working out how to do this process. And it means that we can now do absolutely incredible things. So we're making a, um, a Manchester City football kit for someone. And oh, the wow. Manchester City badge has, I think it's made up of something like 20 or 25 different pieces that we've cut out, including this shadowing on a gold ship. There's, there's all sorts of things, which we've done with translucent latex over the top of a gold latex. But it, it allows us to do this super fine detail, which was always the bit that I wanted to take from my architecture background was how to then really sort of get these tiny little details into something that can be quite, you know, it can be a very simple object, but just those finer details is how it, how it, to me, it becomes quite beautiful. Yeah, it's like, I've never seen that sort of detailing before with latex. It's really impressive if like people ever see it in person. I mean, also... I'll keep that Manchester City badge in mind because my husband's a big Man U fan. Ah, so we can, uh, we can definitely do we can yeah. definitely do uh, lots of different. I think the first one of those that I did was a Mill, Millwall one for my husband. So he made the full football kit, and then I I came up with how to do how to do the badge. Um, oh, wow. That one was particularly difficult because there's a lion on the front of it. And I, I know that he's missing one claw because it got it dropped off in the laser cutter, which every time I look at it, that's the bit that I focus on. It's like, I mean, you experiment a lot because you're also working with, and I found this quite, quite exciting, thick silicone as a base material for fetish gear. Yes. So I guess going back to, you know, my architecture background, I was always taught to mm. look at materials in different ways and look at what you could do with an existing material to make it more interesting, do something different, push it to its its limits. And we have discovered that you can buy thick white silicone rub, which then acts in a very similar way to the leather strap work that we make all of our leather harnesses from, but is intensely difficult to work with because it, you know, it's the similar material to what you buy your silicone kit tools. So it's designed to be non-stick. It's designed for everything just to slide around and move around. So cutting it, it's very, very difficult to cut a straight line. But we've worked out how ways of doing this so that we can make rubber harnesses that aren't just black rubber. A lot of rubber harnesses that you buy have a lot of stretch to them. So it's a bit like wearing an elastic harness in a club. If it's in a sex club and you grab someone's harness and you're trying to pull them back onto you <laughs> and the elastic just pulls away, it looked great, yeah. but it didn't necessarily do the function of a harness. Yeah, it doesn't do um, its job. We make sure that all of our, exactly. So we make sure that all of our rubber harnesses allow that level of functionality to, you know, help you screw mm-hmm. someone's brains out, basically, or have your screw. Yeah, I mean, your harnesses are very impressive. You use like horse bridle bits in parts of them. And so, yes, and we, so that was, that was something we did very early on and i'm sure we're not the first company to use horse bit we certainly won't be the last mm-hmm. but i'd like to think we were one that did it nicely and we've it's a bit sad but i got very excited the other day when i uh, spoke to the guys that we buy all of our horse bits from and i said look we keep having people ask us horse bits traditionally are brass in the middle and they have two stainless steel rings at either end mm-hmm. is it possible to get us ones that are fully brass so that when people are having let's say black leather with brass fixings the whole yeah. horse bit is brass is it possible for us to get them stainless steel so that when they've got black and nickel, it matches in? And also, I see you laser cut your your uh, your logo onto it. Can we mm-hmm. swap it out for our logo? So I am excitedly awaiting horse bits that are branded with our branding. Oh wow! In, in a couple of weeks, yeah. That will, so all of our harnesses will now come with with branded horse bits on them. 
Oh, that's brilliant. So one of the things that first attracted me, made me interested in your company is in your advertising. When you first started up, you immediately used a large variety of body types, which, you know, in the sort of gay fetish market, that stands out head and shoulders above other people because you just don't see other body types. No, I mean, it stems from a few different places. I was, as many of us were, the fat kid at school. And I have an outrageous number of hang-ups about my body, about the way I look, et cetera, et cetera. As I know that 99.9% of, well, the world, but especially the gay community does. And I got fed up of scrolling through places online, looking for stuff and just thinking, sure, it looks great on him, but a paper bag would look great on him. What's it going to look like with a slightly stocky guy? What's it going to look like with me who's, you know, a bit shorter, not as leggy as that, a bit fatter, et cetera, et cetera. And I just couldn't picture myself in anything. And I kept hearing all these people saying, oh, you know, there should be body positivity and blah, blah, blah. And no one was doing anything about it. And I thought, right, if I, if I am going to start a company up, I'm going to do it the way it should be done. I'm going to be as inclusive as possible because why would I make my market feel like they have to look a certain way to wear our stuff that slims down the people I'm marketing to, to that 10% of the population that look like that. And then people will buy it because they feel like they have to buy it because that's the only thing that's available. I'd rather people were able to look at it and see themselves in it. So if we have a certain harness that looks good on a certain body type, we will show it in that body type. And when people come down to visit us, we will um, make a point of saying, right, okay, let's, let's try all of these different harnesses on. Let's see if there's anything you've seen online that you really like. But I will be perfectly honest with someone if I think something doesn't look good on them. If I know that there's something else there that is going to then, or especially if I know that there's something else there that is then going to look absolutely fantastic on them. Not everything we sell is going to look amazing on everyone. <clears throat> but we will have something that looks amazing on you. And if not, we will design something that looks amazing on you because our job is to make you feel as sexy and as beautiful as you possibly can. That is our only job as fetish web provider is to make you feel horny and sexy and what we're selling you. It is nothing else. So if we're just selling you whatever because we're trying to make a sale, we're not doing our job properly. And we get a lot of people come to us and say, thank you so much for what you're doing with the body positivity thing, with making sure that you're showing a mixture of sizes, shapes, genders, skin tones, et cetera, et cetera, which I don't know any other company out there that is doing it quite as, as well, I'd like to say, as we are. I don't know a single other company that has a differently abled model, which we do. A fantastically amazing guy called Dan, who is in the process of creating the Dan Door Show, which mm-hmm. is going to be out at the end of September, beginning of October. He's got two nights in Sadler's Wells. And cool. we are making a latex skirt to be on stage for that, which is just so exciting and amazing to be having stuff that's on stage. We've made stuff for drag queens, mm-hmm. which I went to a, a show the other night and didn't realise that Fat Butcher was going to be on stage. And she walks out in a hat that I made for her on the West End stage in the Garrick Theatre. And that was, you know, that was a real moment of, of pride for me that something we had made had ended up on stage in, in a
it's very telling that the range of customers we get is, I, I have to feel it is because we put the effort into making sure that everybody feels comfortable. Yeah, I mean, if I can talk about my experience with you, when I was trying on the harnesses and you was actually able to talk me through what would look good on my body and why, and why it would work with my shape, I had never been through anything like that before. And like, I felt like I had never had it, I had never been taught what works because, you know, I am a bearish guy. I have a big belly, yeah. thick torso. And you were the first person that could really talk to me about why and how things work on my body. Like what sort of clothing, what sort of lines to draw. Yeah. And you just don't get that anywhere else. I mean, looking at people's body lines is something that I find incredibly interesting. Mm. And it's also interesting, you know, you can have two bears and one of them loves his belly, something rotten mm-hmm. and just wants to frame yeah. it and show it off. And the one stood next to him will be stood there going, but I'm fat and I don't like my belly and I want to hide this element of me, but I really like my legs or I really like this or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's about, for us, it's about dressing the person to show off the bits of them that they love. So it's not just a case of, hey, you have this really sexy, hairy belly. Let's show it off. Let's frame it with this type of harness. Mm-hmm. If that person doesn't love what I look at them and love, it doesn't matter because it's not about me, it's about them. So it might be a case of, okay, fine. Well, if you don't like that element, let's show off your legs. Let's put you in a leg harness, something like that. But it really is a case of taking the time to get them to know the customer a little bit before I even put them in a single bit of leather or rubber or whatever it is we're making Mm -hmm. for them. Because if I don't know what they like and more to the point, what they don't like about their body, then... I might dress them up in something that I look at and go, wow, you look incredible, but they're going to put in the wardrobe and never wear because it frames an element of them that they hate. Yeah. I mean, Uh, I always tell people when they're like, I've had several people shopping with me trying to get their first bit of gear. And I always tell them it's not about how it really looks. It's how it makes you feel like fetish wear. I always think should make you feel sexy and powerful and amazing. Yes, completely. And I think what's what's really amazing is the the different things that people are, especially when it comes to rubber, the different things that people are coming to us and asking us to make for them, which I never would have even dreamed that we'd be making Pokemon outfit. You know, <laughs> I, I, I sort of dreamed that I would have been making people cosplay stuff, partly because mm. the first piece of rubber I made for myself after I'd done this rubber kit was uh, rubber course was a Superboy latex outfit with uh, decal on the front it was before I had the laser cutter so I cut it all out by hand and I absolutely loved it and I loved the way I looked at it and it made me feel super sexy so I can understand how doing something that's a superhero might make you feel powerful strong whatever because you're in your mindset you're then you're looking like this this person that you've seen depicted in films in comics mm-hmm. whatever I never dreamed I would be making Bolton one of the Pokemon for someone as as a pup suit i never dreamed we'd be making the the football kit from from one of the pokemon games because the gay fan art had made this this character a super muscle boy and so everyone suddenly loved that outfit and i instantly know which gym leader you're talking about <laughs> yeah yeah um and you know i've had someone come in the other day who 
I cannot wait to get working on the actual leather work of this. So we've made the, when we do a, a bespoke leather item, we make everything out of denim first, which has a, a slight stretch to the piece of denim that we use. So it almost mimics the leather, make sure that it fits. And we then tailor it and make sure that that's absolutely perfect before we then redraw the pattern and cut it out of leather and oh, make wow. the actual leather piece. So, you know, when we're, when we're doing tailoring, and we, we often do a similar thing with, with the latex. So if we're making something super complicated, we might make just a simple latex suit from a black rubber or mm. just, just something plain, which then we can edit and make sure that the pattern is exactly right. So it fits your body perfect. The example I always give, and he hates that I give it, is my husband's shoulders. So when we had our wedding suits made, they had to put an extra shoulder pad in one side for him because he always carried his backpack on one side. Now, your made-to-measure stuff will be made to your measurement, but it won't pick up on little intricacies like one shoulder being slightly lower than the other. So you might have a slightly baggy bit in your latex or your leather mm-hmm. uh, if it's made-to-measure. What we do is fully tailor-make it. So we then make this twirl from either denim if it's for the leather or from, from a, a plain rubber if we're making stuff out of latex and make sure that the pattern is absolutely perfect before we then make the item that is far more complicated and it's much easier just to make it correctly the first time than it is to try and then tailor that item yeah. and it's got all the finer details on it. One of the pieces I'm super excited by that we're making from leather and we've we've now made the twelve for it and it's waiting for a fitting is a, a bright pink corset and mini kilt for this huge great rugby player who's six foot god knows what because he wants to be Princess Peach from Mario Kart. Wow, that's awesome. And it is going to be super, super cool. And what I love about this is, you know, he's wanting to play on the master fan boundaries. We're doing a load of black leather harnesses to go over the top of it. So it kind of brings it back into almost a BDSM scene. And what I really love about these things is that people are coming to us and feeling that they can, can express exactly what they want to have. I never, never even thought that I'd be making a, a leather Princess Peach outfit. And it is going to be so cool. So, so cool. Oh, I look forward to seeing pictures of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's something that I <clears throat> I've always been pretty terrible behind the camera. I'm pretty terrible in front of the camera, if I'm honest. So I, that's what I'm, I'm loving. We work with Matt Spike on mm-hmm. pretty much every project that we do. He really helped us out when we first started and did us a full website shoot for next to no money whatsoever. And we got on like a house on fire and have worked together ever since. So whenever we do a bespoke project, we always include a little shoot with Matt to make sure that the customer's got some beautiful photos of it and we've got some beautiful photos of it that we can show off online. And that's something that I, I, I really love we, because Matt has this eye of making anyone, whatever they look like, just look absolutely incredible. He just brings out their inner confidence, their inner beauty. Whatever they look like, he will find a hot side to them. And it's partly about the way he takes the photographs because he eases people in, he relaxes them and he works out exactly, again, in the same way that we do, which bits of their body they love, which bits of their body they hate. And the second someone feels sexy in front of the camera, they look sexy in front of the camera. Nice. That is the thing, like so much of being sexy comes from the confidence. And if someone can give you confidence and gas you up like that, it it makes all the difference. Hugely, hugely. And I think I think a lot of people actually lose confidence when they see a lot of companies only using super rip models, only using mm-hmm. white super rip models, especially. 
and they just think, well, I don't look like that. And I'm never going to look like that. So maybe I'm not going to look good in any of your outfits. Yeah, it's, it's this weird subconscious thing where if you see someone like yourself being sexy and being celebrated, it gives you permission to feel sexy. Exactly. It's like, I mean, this one's deep. Like I've been in fetish shops before where I've tried the off the rack, like just the off the rack shirts and they're V cut for like a V body shape. It's like how many yeah. people actually have a V body shape? Really? Yeah. I mean, probably about 5% of our customers. Yeah. So why, that, so why um, make the off the rack basic cut that? It's, it is, I find it bizarre. I mean, for the few people that does fit, it will look incredible. But there's not going to be many of those people. Exactly. So you've been growing fairly rapidly. Like, as you said, it basically started off making dog harnesses and it's evolved into this huge company. Where do you see yourself going next? It blows my mind the way this has grown. To think in October 2019... It was me and my husband sat at a table in our studio, which is a little basement storage unit street, uh, over in Baker Street in London. And his old company had moved office and they'd given us their old boardroom table. So we got some free office furniture. I'd stuck some cutting mats to the top of it, some double-sided tape. And we were sat there making stock to take up to Manchester Leatherman to have a little uh, market store. That was in October 2019. And then if you think, what, February, March, everything went into lockdown. Yeah. And we've been pretty much in a pandemic, locked down or with most things closed for the rest of the time we've been open. So I can't imagine where we're going to go in the next few years. The dream would be that we keep growing, but, you know, at a sensible that is sustainable. I was flabbergasted when I sat down the other day and realised I had seven people working around me in our studio which in two years in a pandemic to grow from me learning how to do some strap work on my kitchen table. Well, I guess I was learning that before October, but for, for me to go from probably in three years time from teaching myself how to do some stuff on my kitchen table to having some, seven members of staff and, you know, this, this thriving business is, is absolutely mind blowing. So who knows where it's going to go, but whatever, Whatever we do do, I know that we're going to stick to the core values of making sure that everyone is constantly represented. Whatever ability, skin tone, size, shape, sexuality, gender you are, I want to make sure that we have people represented in our all of our material, mm-hmm. our websites, everything. And I know that I want to keep giving back to the community. So we generally reasonably quietly keep supporting little community projects so wherever we can we donate to sort of queer art project if we've got a little bit of cash on the side spare we give money to the outside project which is helping lgbtqi plus homeless people which every time we we sell one of our pride backpacks um a percentage of that goes to 10 percent of that goes to goes to the outside project and then generally donating candles gifts, harnesses, vouchers, whatever, to community raffles and things like that, wherever we've got the budget to be able to do that kind of thing. Because I really think it's important for us to be 
supporting each other as a community. And if the community has helped us grow like this, we should be helping the community to grow. And hopefully by us putting love out there, people will be a bit nicer to each other. I think so. I mean, I've been looking into like queer history in general lately and like queer businesses, they basically make a backbone of the community in the fact that they provide the support, they enable like charity drives and funding. So to see you carrying this on is really good to see. Yeah, it's something that I, I mean, it's something we started very early on, probably too early on. I was definitely donating to things when I didn't have any profit Um, (laughs) (laughs) because I was just going that this is how I want to grow the business. And Mm. so, you know, we're, say that again because my, my phone uh, started pinging yes. so yeah I just I just thought this was this was how I want to grow the business so even though we haven't necessarily got the funds in the account to be able to be making big donations I do still want to be supporting queer projects wherever we can oh that's brilliant and it like I do feel like the reason I wanted to have you on this show is because I am really impressed with your what you're doing not just the products you're making but the whole ethos of how you go about building your business and helping people essentially like yeah. I feel you do it the right way and I want to give time to that well that's I mean that's that's really really heartening to hear yeah so thank you it's 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 certainly been something during the pandemic that's been interesting you know I've taken on friends I know they always say you shouldn't work with friends but I couldn't love my fetish daddy family more if I tried and you know I've, I've taken on a friend of ours Matt so Matt Jehu he is on during the pandemic obviously there was no acting work and I said to him hey look I'm struggling for capacity do you want to come and learn some leather work he'd already you know done a little bit of uh, I taught him a little bit of rubber work before and taught him some leather work and he's been working with me for two years other Ollie who Liam mm-hmm. had taught some some rubber working too before and I saw a, a spark in them as to just there's some real amazing creativity here again took them on and mm-hmm. it's been amazing to be able to know that every time I make a sale or we make a sale should I say that it's been keeping them going financially as well as me going financially during the middle of a pandemic where everyone's really struggling mm-hmm really struggling so as we've grown it's just been fantastic to see to see the business grow but grow with people who are doing Mm -hmm. what they're doing because they love what they're doing not just because it's paying the bills see see that is brilliant and so one last thing before we close out one of the things i've seen you do through the pandemic is you you don't just make fetish gear you also run classes yes because, yes. you know, it sounds like learning leather work and learning latex work has really opened up a whole world for you. So you teach other people those skills? We do, yeah. So we do classes in latex working and in leather harness making. So I don't, I don't teach any of the, the leather sewing that we do, mm-hmm. although teaching myself to sew is, again, something that I've done. Yeah. It's to sew leather, you need such big industrial machines that... Mm-hmm. I feel like I could teach people to do it, but they wouldn't get much out of it because they wouldn't then be able to go and do it at home. Yeah. Whereas to do rubber working at home, to do, you know, to a level, obviously you're not going to have a laser cutter, that kind of thing, but to do rubber working to, uh, at home, 
you can do. You need a table, a cutting mat, a roller cutter, some glue, some cleaner, you know, a few tools that we provide you at the end of the course so that you can take them home with you. And the leather working, similar. It's, you need a few tools and I can tell you, if you're in London, I can tell you which shop to go to. You can even, they will sell you a single strap if you want to make just one harness rather than buying a full cowhide. You can buy one, two, three straps kind of thing and they'll cut them for you. Nice. So we pass on the, the knowledge about how we do what we're doing because, again, part of the reason I started the company was I was a little bit bored of walking into fetish events and seeing the same black singlet on everyone. And that is not to slag off wearing a black singlet. Sometimes I just want to stick a black singlet on as well, but I just wanted to see something a bit more creative out there. And teaching people to go and make their own stuff when we do the courses. So we do a beginner's course where you you learn how to make a rubber vest, an intermediate course where we then could make a pair of shorts or a skirt Mm -hmm. or something like that. And we teach you how to put zips in and things like that. Or I started recently doing a bespoke course. So if there's two of you, we charge a day rate per person and you can choose what you want to make. And then we will say, well, we think this will take you three days to make. This will take you four days to make. And you can hire me for how many days your budget and your knowledge base wants to, wants to learn for. And we can do it as an evening course. We can do it as a, a day thing. And I can teach you to make a specific item that should then teach you all of the skills to go off and go and be able to do whatever you want, should you wish to continue doing it. Some people just want to do it and experience it and go, wow, that was fun. I've learned this. I've made this. I'm never going to do it again. Some people want to be able to go away and do it. Probably are one of our first ever latex courses. We used to teach how to make a wrestling singlet. And that course would run for about 13, 14 hours and everyone was dead by the end of it. And it was a lovely idea, but it was it needed <laughs> yeah. splitting into two days. So we know that's why we now do the, the rubber vest. But we we made uh, this fantastic guy Drew who made a a beautiful, I think it was translucent olive wrestling singlet. And we taught him how to tailor it, and he made it absolutely perfectly. Again, he he then he then now is constantly making pieces for himself and they're really beautiful and what I love about it is people keep saying oh my god can you make me such and such and he says absolutely not but go and talk to fetish daddy (laughs) he doesn't want to make for anyone else he just wants to make for himself but he does make these incredibly lovely items and it's really it's really wonderful to to see every time he makes something for himself you think yeah okay we had something to do with that and that's nice that's really nice we've we've seen someone doing something fun especially during the pandemic they've they've made something a bit different no that's brilliant like it it really does learning how to make things really opens up a world for people so it's really great to see you passing on this knowledge i think also if you if you understand how something is made or at least how you would make it you can then start to think okay i'm gonna get something bespoke Mm -hmm. made well what now i know what's possible i can actually design something more than saying oh you know, here's my design, which basically looks like every other design that's out there because it's got a couple of stripes down the side or something like that. You can then work out how to make your design that you're having some other company make, whether you come to us or you go to mm-hmm. Libidex or Invincible or wherever yeah. for, for their bespoke service. You know, you can say to them, well, actually, I would like you to make me this and here's my sketch. And your sketch is going to be done with a more informed knowledge as to how the the material works and therefore you'll be able to do something just that little bit more interesting if you're paying the money for bespoke you might as well do something bespoke i think oh yeah definitely 
<clears throat> so, so it's been great talking to you about this. So if people want to find out more, like see pictures of your work, get in contact and commission something off of you, where can they find you? So Instagram and Twitter are both at Fetish Daddy Gear. You can also look at our website, which is fetishdaddy.co.uk. There's actually more pictures on our Instagram than ever. There's slightly naughtier pictures on our Twitter, depending <laughs> on what you're, what you're hunting for. And drop us a DM. I constantly glued to my phone talking to potential customers, to people that are just saying that they love what we're doing, to people that are saying, you know, thank you so much for, for using models of all body shapes, types, because you've really you know, given my partner a new lease of, of, of confidence, kind of things like that. I'm constantly talking to people on, on, on Instagram and on Twitter. So please drop me a DM there. Alternatively, you can drop us an email through our website. But often I find when we're talking about something that's a bespoke piece, it's quite nice just to be able to chat. So if you drop me an email, I might send you my WhatsApp number and we can, we can talk on there or something like that. Because if it's more of a conversation rather than an email back and forth, we managed to just work out all sorts of different details as to what's possible just that little bit faster and get you excited about it a bit easier. Oh, nice. Great. Well, it, it has been a blast having you on and I'm so glad we finally got to do this chat. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to, to talk to me because we don't, we don't talk about what we do uh, a yeah. huge amount. We just post lots of pictures about it and there's a hell of a lot of stuff that we we don't maybe people don't necessarily know about us uh, so thank you so much for for taking the time to oh. to get a bit of that information out there my pleasure so listeners i hope you've enjoyed this week's interview and as always please play safe